0: Hi, good morning, church. So good to be with you. We have a special treat this morning. Um, we're going to be commissioning, uh, Lena, uh, La'a to Thailand. And, um, we actually have, uh, Pastor Kelly Hildebrand from Thailand. And he will be receiving Lena. And, uh, he and his wife Angie will be, uh, will be kind of mentoring her. And so Lena gets to partner with, uh, they, they call, um, their church is called Our Home chapel, and that's where Lena will be at our home chapel. And so, um, I have the great honor and the great privilege to welcome our dear friend, Pastor Kelly Hildebrand. Uh, would you uh, join me in a warm welcome? Let's pray. Lord, I pray you would give me the words. That you would allow me to say what your spirit is saying to this church. That my words would be your words. That your words would touch our hearts. And that your words would change us to become more in the image of your son Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Thomas, for allowing me to come back. And where's Lena? Lena's way back there. Lena, I can promise you that you will be stretched. I can promise you that there will be times you will be lonely. I can promise you that you will have adventures. But I can also promise you that you will leave with a new family in Thailand. And just as much as you're going to miss Hawaii, you will miss Thailand when you come back. It's not going to be easy. I could sit here and promise you that it's going to be just so much fun. And it will be. Guaranteed. It will be a lot of fun. But it's going to be hard. It's a different culture. It's a different way of life. It's a different way of thinking. Uh, But we are very grateful to this church For giving us an offering, an offering to God that we gladly accept. Uh, We've been needing an extra pair of hands to, to help us, and we are very grateful for your sacrifice in giving to us, Lena. So thank you very much. I want to talk to you today about what it is to be a Christian. Kind of a simple theme, but it's not a simple task. And I wanted to start by kind of sharing with you what is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is, if we go, that, that's my church in the first slide during our church camp. But next slide. Let's take a look at this verse. The Apostle John wrote, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Listen to what John writes. He says, I am not writing here about a new religion, a new philosophy, a new way of thinking. I am testifying, I am telling you about a person who has come to dwell with us. And this person is our God who we have heard who we have seen who we have touched and this is what we proclaim. I am a pastor but I'm also a professor at a seminary and I just finished a research that I published and now I'm doing a Follow on a bit of research on this. But the research is in why Thai Buddhists become Christians. A lot of people do research search on why Thai Buddhists don't become Christian. I want to look at why do Thai Buddhists become Christian. And there are many factors, and it's kind of a scholarly, wordy article. But narrow it down. The reason the Thai Buddhists become Christian is because each and every one of them have had a supernatural encounter with God. Every single person I have interviewed so far who's been a Buddhist and become a Christian has had some sort of supernatural encounter with the living God. They've heard God. They've seen God, they've touched God, they've experienced God, and that is why they are a Christian. The first thing about what it means to be a Christian is that we have a relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying we all have to have miracles all the time, and miracles, are but I'm saying being a Christian means we've got a relationship with Him. We talk to Him, He talks to us, He's working, our li- working in our lives, He's doing something in our lives. How do you know you're a Christian? You know God. You've seen God. You talk to God. You hear God. Somebody can tell me, you know, you know God's just in your imagination. You're just managing it. It's just a crutch that you No, I know God as well as I know my mother and my father and my sister and my family and my wife. I know God. That's how I know I'm a Christian. There's a woman in our church, Madim, which means Mother Dim. And she came to our church simply because her son came to our church. She didn't come to the service. She stayed outside. And she made lunch for the church. That was kind of what she did to support her son. But she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't interested in being a Christian. But Madim had medical problems. I was—I didn't write it down. I can't remember what it was called. But she had some kind of condition that caused her constant pain, constant discomfort, and she was constantly going to the doctor for this condition. And one day, a member of our church came up to her and said, "You know, thank you, madam, for making lunch. May I pray for you?" And she said, "Okay." And so this woman from my church prayed for Madim, and she was instantly healed. She went back to the doctor, and the doctor says, I don't know what happened, but there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to come back anymore. And Madim came to the church, and she's experienced God. And now she's one of those crazy ladies that goes around praying for everyone. <laughs> Everything that moves, she's praying for them because she's encountered God. She's become excited by God. She knows God. And having a relationship with God is just just seeing God work in your daily life. And Linda's going to see some astounding things. I mean, in Thailand, you know, the miraculous is just part of what happens around us. It's not that the miraculous happens every single day. It's not that bad things don't happen. But in the past few years, I've seen two people get up and walk out of wheelchairs. And, you know, to me, it's still astounding. But, you know, some people say, yeah, you know, they're walking. That happened. I was at a conference of Christian churches and my church was leading the youth section. And I was outside drinking coffee with another pastor that I hadn't seen for a while. And we were talking, so I wasn't really involved in the session. And after I'd finished coffee, of course, I wanted to go and check in how my church was doing, how they were leading the youth, what was happening. And I'd walk in, and there was a young man who had come to church in a, in a wheelchair, and I knew he was in a wheelchair, and I walk into the room where we're having our youth session, and I notice he's standing. Doesn't register, you know, because I figure, well, maybe he doesn't really need the wheelchair. I mean, he just didn't register, and I, I walk by, and then everybody comes up to me and says, "Look, he's standing." Oh, yes, I know he's standing. <laughs> no, you don't understand, Pastor. <laughs> he's standing. Yeah, I know he's standing. We were praying for him, and now he's walking around. He couldn't do that before. It's God works. God does things. We just got to be open up to allowing God to do things. I mean, it didn't happen easily. They sat there and they just hammered on it and prayed for him for twenty minutes, and then his legs started shaking. And next thing you know, he got up and he he started walking. Being a Christian means we have a relationship with God. When people ask me, how can I know God is real? I tell them, ask God to show himself to you. Just ask God. God wants to make himself real in your life. That's not testing God. That's God wants to show you he's real. And I have never had a tie who sincerely asked that question of God, who didn't have some sort of significant miracle happen in their life to show them that he was real? Never. There was one girl who asked me that question. She said, Pastor, Pastor, how can I know God is real? And I said, well, you know, I could have sat down, you know, being the professor and said, well, you know, you look at the first, and, and I, I, I've done that for some people, I really wanted to know, you know, the arguments for the existence of God and, you know, evidence for the resurrection and all that kind of That's not what she was asking. She was asking, how can I touch God? How can I know God? How can I, how can I know God? How can I know that he's real? I said, well, ask him. And she said, Okay. There's a soccer game tonight down at the stadium, and it's Liverpool is playing the Thai national team. Tickets are sold out. She says, I'm going to pray that God gets me some tickets. I says, you ask him. You see what he does. You ask him. Says, oh, she says, she prayed with me, Lord, if you're real, I want tickets to that game. You may think that's a silly prayer, but for her, it was a sincere prayer. She wanted to know if God was real. She went down to the stadium, and all the tickets were sold out. And she just stood in the middle of thousands of people, and she prayed, Lord, if you're real, I want tickets to see this game. And out of nowhere, she heard a voice. Somebody had just opened up one of the ticket counters that had been closed and said, we have some tickets left. Of these thousands of people all around, she was the only one who heard the voice. And she walked over and bought tickets for her and her friends to get into the game. And she was so excited. She was shouting, God is real, God is real, as they had the tickets to go into the game. And then a greater miracle happened. The Thai national team beat Liverpool in that game. Now, Liverpool did not send their first string to Thailand to play that, that game. But that was, that was a miracle. If I go to the next, next verse. Yeah. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. There's an interesting part to this passage. Jesus will say to those people, I never knew you. It's important that we know God. But it's even more important that God knows us. (laughs) Jesus never knew them. They were doing all these great things in the name of Jesus. But Jesus did not have a relationship with them. They weren't his own. And that's why I say to you to push into God. Know God. Keep developing that relationship with God because that's what it means to be a Christian, the relationship, not the coming to church, not the doing the works, not doing all. all those things are important. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying just me and God. And have, I'm saying don't do those things and neglect the most important thing, which is walking minute by minute with God and knowing him and knowing his voice and knowing his guidance. How do you do that? That's a whole another sermon series that I'm sure Pastor Thomas will will do for you or if he hasn't done one already. Again, so what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, being a Christian means we have fellowship with God and with one another. If we look at verses 3 through 4... In 1 John 1, it says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we write this to make our joy complete. In other words, being a Christian means we have fellowship with God, but it also means we have fellowship with the church. Being a Christian means... No one should have to force you to come to church. Do I have to go to church? Sometimes the pastor says that. Do I have to go to church? Yeah, I'm the pastor, but 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 church—you come to church because it's family. Church is family. Yeah, church is an organization. Church community. You know, there's you know the pastor and there's the committee and there's the the board and there's the elders and however the church structures itself. But ultimately what matters to God is that the church is a family and that we love one another and we take care of one another. That's what it means to be the church. Your church will have problems because there are people in your church. If there were no people in your church, your church would have no problems. But people cause problems. People will offend you. People will do dumb things. People will say dumb things. And that's why Jesus was so big on forgiving one another. Because you cannot have fellowship with one another if you do not have forgiveness and grace and mercy. And that grace and mercy doesn't mean you don't have to tell somebody... You're out of line, that's not right, you need to change. But grace and mercy says, I forgive you, but you still need to change. (laughs) There was one early Christian who said this, he does not have God as his father, who does not have the church as his mother. And what he meant was, you can't be a Christian alone. A Christian is part of a family. And Lena is part of this family. But her family's just about to get a little bigger. The book of Hebrews says I'm sure you've heard this many times. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is why gathering together is important on Sunday, on weekdays, whether you do small groups or whether you have Sunday school. But it is a matter of encouraging one another, helping one another, so that we might grow into what God wants us to be. When I was was 17 years old, I climbed the tallest mountain in Oregon. It's one of the highlights of my life. I remember driving up to the the farthest point where we could drive, and we slept until 2 a.m., and then we started up the mountain. And me being 17 years old, I was kind of cocky, and I started out ahead. Of, I was ahead of everybody else, and I was marching up that that mountain, and all of a sudden, I noticed, though I was walking, I was going backwards, and I was sliding, and I fell, and I slid all the way down to the feet of the the leader of our our group. He says, you just hit the glacier. And I was just on a sheet of ice. He says, now is the time for us to put on our crampons, on our boots, and to rope together. And and that's what it means to be the church, is we're, we're roped together. And we rope together so if one person falls, the other's, fall on the ground, dig in their shoes, dig in their axe, and hold the other person so he doesn't go over a cliff or a crevice and die. And that's what it means to be the church is we're roped together so that we can help each other in those times of need. When someone falls, the rest of us hold that person up. And again, there's a mistaken notion that holding person up means that we just let things slide. does not mean we let things slide. But it means we don't throw them over the cliff. We pull them back up, and we tell them, you just hit the glacier, it's time to get roped together, it's time to put your crampons on your shoes, it's time to do it right. And three... Being a Christian means that our lives have changed. Look at verses 5 through 7, which says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus is His Son purifies us from all sin. And Jesus said, you shall know them by your fruit. And we take that verse and we use it to judge others. "Ah, Look at his fruit. Ah, Look at his fruit. No, no. How's our fruit? How's our fruit? Are we expressing the fruit of the Spirit? Are we displaying the attributes of a true Christian? We, who have been changed by Christ, are no longer supposed to walk in darkness. We are supposed to walk in the light. Again, John makes it clear, that doesn't mean you're not going to slip up every now and then, but that means you're going to get up and get cleaned up and back into the light. We don't walk in the darkness. We don't walk in secrecy. We don't do things in the dark. You notice whenever somebody's going to do something bad, it's always in the dark. You close the shades. You lock the door. You go out at night. Evil is always done in the darkness. But God wants us to walk in the light Uh, Everybody talks about all the cameras. You know, in Bangkok now, we got cameras everywhere. Every single place has cameras. I was way out in the middle of a village. I mean, just in the the farthest place you could go out in, in Thailand. I was teaching a class out there to some tribal people. And I pulled into a store to get something to drink. And this guy came up and he clipped my door. And he said it was my fault. My fault? You pulled up and, and did this. And the store owner came up and said, We got a camera. We got a video of the whole thing. And so I was right, he was wrong. That's a that's a longer story. But but I was surprised. Here I was out in a village, and even here they have cameras recording everything. But even if God's recording everything. God's everywhere. We should live as if there are cameras everywhere. We should live as if... You don't have to fear if you're not doing anything wrong. We don't need to live in fear if we are doing what is right. That's what it means by living in the light. Have any of you heard about the boys in the cave in Thailand? These boys, they went deep into the cave. What's fascinating to me is the fact that, that here was this uh, coach who went in and took the boys into the cave, and they rescued them and came out. And all the parents were, were like, well, they're very grateful that the coach took care of our kids and helped them through this difficult time. And I was just thinking, if this is the United States... The Americans would have sued him to the hilt and he would have been ruined for life. And No, that uh, wasn't the attitude. I was grateful that the coach was there to take care of them. But they lived in pitch darkness. Now, I live, I live in the city. And probably most of you live in the city you know, where it's you know, Honolulu. Or even though it's night, it's not really night. There's always some light creeping into your room. Now, this was pitch black where they couldn't see this close to the hands. You need e- even a little bit of light to be able to see it all. And they had no light whatsoever. And they lived for, I don't know how many days, but they lived for a, a long time in that darkness. And they came out into the light. And we were once living in darkness, but now we are living in light. As John Wesley wrote, we once were blind, but now we see. We once thought some things were wrong. But now we we once thought that some things that were wrong were right. But now we see they're not right. Lastly being a Christian means we must be humble. John in his compassion writes this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not is, in us. If we confess our sins, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. We need to be humble and when we sin, we confess our sins and we acknowledge them so that we can help one another And grow into everything that God wants us to be. So, being a Christian means we know God. We have a relationship with God. We hear His voice. And He guides us and He leads us. Sometimes we think God is silent. And sometimes God is silent. But knowing God means we have the assurance of His presence even in the most difficult of times. We are in fellowship with each other in the church. We're roped together. We love each other and take care of each other. We know we have been changed by God by walking in the light, and we are humble enough to admit when we have a problem, when we are wrong, and that God and the church keep on working on us and changing us. So I submit these words to you and ask you to meditate on them and allow God to change you as he thinks his best. So let's pray.